a whole thing with the marriage and the daughter and, 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 the, and the wife. There's an instance with the daughter. And Derek's daughter? Derek's daughter is something. And, but anyway, his relationship with Derek was a, was his daughter and, and um, um, aunt or mother, something to that by type, Took a type of a, a nephew or a grandson. A grandson. A grandson. I didn't know that. So, something like that. I don't know. What I have here is uh, actually um, what's interesting about the Adara, many interesting things, but one of the most interesting uh, Rabonin is that um, and if you take a look here, these, these two were born about the same year and lived around the same areas and with us. And they both wrote biographies. They both wrote autobiographies mm-hmm. for themselves, which is unusual for a rogue and mm-hmm. somewhat unusual. Now, and, here, and I have them here both for you, part of the story. Um, we have here the Adderic biography for a couple pages. Not really. oh, <laughs> yeah, well. And here is Lievenbrunn's biography, Arthur Ray Lievenbrunn. And they're sort of like just opposed to each other because I thought it would be a wonderful to contrast and see differences and similarities. They're both brilliant men. And one, of course, became one of the the Rav eventually of the Adat of the Adat of the Aiden, the Prussian Yerushalayim, and the Rav and Meir and Ponovich, that was that there. And Leibovitz actually, in his own right, uh, played a very important role uh, in the history of the movement there to show. He was a, now, he wasn't, he wasn't from. He was raised from. I mean, it's interesting because um, I know the street name he had in his but he's not there in this He's buried in the Warsaw Cemetery. Yeah, yes. I'm not mistaken. Unless there's another William Boone. But I think it's him. William Boone is the one that, uh, you know, he's famous. And uh, both of these men really impact him on, on the history of the eventual Medina narrative show, eventual life there. So, I wanted to, why don't we show what... So what, what is the connection that you're connecting with them? They're born the same year. They lived in the same area in Lithuania. They both wrote autobiographies about themselves. And I thought it would be interesting uh, to, to contrast them. So, I'll tell you what, since the people who were here last week aren't here, you want to start with the Adaris or William Who do you want to start with? So what did you say? I missed last week. Well, we basically just went through a little bit of his, of his life and we, we showed some points, the points he himself was trying to make. Um, but why don't we, you have them both, right? Uh, so why don't you, why don't we start off? Um, yeah. You have the, uh... So this one is... Uh, okay, the one that says, V'chem Latashem Yisvarach. That's the Adaris. And with him... Tell me why it's called the Adaris again. Okay. I, I, I forgot. Okay. I it's on that sheet right in front of you. The sheet of it with the picture on it. Yeah. It's the four letters that make up his name. And we owe David Rabinovich to Umin. To Umin, right. To Umin, because he was his born with a twin brother. And as a matter of fact, on his glasses, I had a picture of Heather and everything, and we had a whole speech there, and his name really wasn't Rabinovich. Right. It was 
Koran, but they are drunk in it. So when you bat them, he shall ochiv the others of one of one in Yachta and spread them out among themselves, the fathers and the sons together. I guess the point really is, is that there's going to be a critique on the old generation. Uh, you sort of see that. Uh, I left out uh, the dedication of, uh, he dedicates it to his girlfriend. <laughs> he dedicates it to a woman that he seems to have uh, become enamored with after after he already divorced by his student's wife. And um, the dedication is a very moving one. I'll read you outside one. Can you just give us a little, like a summary of the life? Um, that, I mean, this is just going to be something about... Well, I actually want to contrast this with early youth. He was a person who, uh, as he's going to say, was raised very traditional and eventually found himself at the forefront of the Russian Hatshawah as a person who wanted to first make change within the system. In the 1850s, in the, in the, 18, sorry, in the 1860s and 70s, when he was in his 20s, he started writing articles to, uh, to a demand from the Rabbonin some changes to allow different sort of schools to have yeshivos where Rabbonin can get a very good secular education. Um, where is it in Lithuania? In Russia. Oh, in Russia. Lithuania and Russia, those were the, the white Russia and Lithuania. He wanted, um, he wanted changes. He felt that uh, he tried to write articles that he thought of people would read would get them to perhaps alter some of the strictures of orthodoxy. When he realized nobody was buying on that front, he, he moved a little bit more to the left and away from many uh, sort of religious life. And in fact, he even moved away eventually, although he was writing the whole time, he moved away from from Jewish people. Uh, eventually, though, he became, in his mind, a Balchuva. A Balchuva in the sense that he found himself at the heart of the Hosea movement, the return to Eric Patrol. And he was the right or the wrong person at the right time because, uh, as I mentioned last week, he was a Pinsker who was the host of the head. Leon Pinsker, he was like that. Leon Pinsker couldn't write Hebrew. Leon Pinsker couldn't speak or write Hebrew. What language did he write? I'm not speaking Russian. Russian or Yiddish. He couldn't. He needed a secretary. And more than a secretary, Leon became really the mouthpiece for the whole Kovitsia movement. Every single official article that Pinsker wrote or any official document they issued was authored by Leon and he was Pinsker's right-hand man, in fact. Was the author Well, that's really... Uh, he wrote he about auto-emancipation, Pinsker, I believe so. He wrote that Russian? I think Pinsker actually spoke English. I think Pinsker spoke English and, and French. I think he spoke enough, but he did not speak Hebrew. He was not a Hebrew speaker. And he couldn't write Hebrew. William Bloom ended up working on these manifestos. I mean, on paper, it was Pinsker, but we happen to know, I mean, the style, the, 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 the sharpness, uh, it's all really from him. Ghost right. So he was Pinsker's ghost writer for anything that had to do with, with, with internal and COVID. And 
in a sense, he writes about that, that the, uh, I mean, he, he was, um, as I mentioned last week, he was sometimes a, a, somewhat, a, somewhat of a cantankerous character, um, stopping the Hobe Seal from adopting a more religious stance on things. He thought he was a very, he thought himself as being very practical. He had a very negative, as we're going to see from his biography, a very negative sense of, of, of Jewish life. What would be interesting to note is why he had such a negative sense. I mean, what, what, what caused him to go bad? I think that part of why I'm interested in it is also the contrast that you know, the, you know, the Adaris and himself had very similar incidents occurred with both of them in terms of early tragedy of their mother's dying, being raised by a stepmother, um, I don't know if Peyton Crone spoke about that. He told me something with his name and that's to do with the family. Yeah. 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 Okay. I know there was a change in name. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a They both were writing books when they were very young. They both were writing books and authoring things. And, um, in the way, there's a lot. In fact, they ended up in um, in Volkmer, in in Lita. They were in the same city for six. They William would live there for six years, and that was the time that the Adaris' father was the rabbi there. So it's quite possible they daven together. It's quite possible that they actually met each other and knew each other at least uh, casually. As far as I know, I don't know if they ever talk about each other publicly. It could be somewhere. But they were born about the same year, within six months of each other, and they grew up, you know, in, as far as we're concerned, a stone's throw from each other. And it's interesting why one, again, yeah, you could probably make this, you could probably make an analysis about two people on any street, in any city, why one ends up one way and one ends up the other. I just thought it's interesting that they both left records for us, which allow us to really see. I'm not going to say that William Bloom is a giant. William Bloom is a person who has the, who is an intellectual who really could have, if you can, if you're going to see some, some of the quality of his prose, really could have contributed mightily to, 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 to the furthering of, of Jewish thought. And uh, you know, perhaps there was something about his, his attitude that frustrated who he could have been. Many times people are blessed with great gifts, but. They, they ruin it. Yeah, that's true. But it, well, but again, William spent years, again, even in his formative years, this was, what, you know, what was it that he was, what was it that he was rebelling against? What was it that he felt was so bitter? Again, here we have, now one thing I mentioned last week is about the Adaris's, the Adaris's learning was primarily conducted either on his own or by his father. And that was something that, you know, that, that, that distinguishes it from the we're going to see Williamson, who uh, also was, 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 was taught primarily, at least when he was seven, by his grandfather, but then he entered a cheder. He entered a, a cheder system. And I think that the cheder system wasn't the most pleasant situation for many. And I, I think it's a wonderful, I think part of what, why the Adairs came out the way he did was because of that. So I'll tell you what, why don't was because of the fact that he wasn't in, in a school system. He was able to flourish under his dad. He was able to do things um, you know, different. He could study what he wanted to do. There was a, uh, 
part of what William Williams is going to is going to uh, complain about is, is is not being open again. And part of what he what he pushed for throughout his life was greater education and greater exposure, uh, and that kids are being destroyed because they're not given enough of the world. They're they're, they're closed up in a, in a in a in a world of of superstition, uh, which again shows that perhaps he never he didn't look deep enough. Whereas the idea never stopped looking and never stopped writing, and um, so again, I, I can't tell you some of it. I have my theory completely developed. All I know is that I, I, I see this as something that can generate some rich byproducts. Was you know, is was the world better off with William Bloom or should should we say about about it? I'm not ready to say that. Are you going to condemn Herschel? Yeah. Well, Herschel did these kinds of political values and looked at them in every other way. Right. But the Herschel, at least on paper, see, the difference in the Herschel-William book is Herschel didn't know religious Jews in the sense of knowing of them. And he said, what I'm trying to push is something that is apolitical, is, is only political and is not religious at all, and therefore there's room for everyone. Um, you know, he wasn't trying to limit the participation, what he did was he drew a box and he said, this has nothing to do with having a Mokum Torah. It has nothing to do with establishing, um, in fact, Herschel, you know, neutralized the messianic element of, of, uh, of the return to Zion. It was a practical, historical importance that every nation needed a place. It wasn't the idea that this is now the, the, the realization of our of our stellar history. It's precious to go out message, it's precious logic that this is what needs to be done. So in that sense, although he wasn't a religious person, the box that he drew could have been invested with religious feeling too. Uh, it just it, it wasn't meant to be anything except getting the place and Well he didn't know anybody else on it. Well, he was, but again, a number, you know, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think, you know, Schleimer Vilna, who was a nation Schleimer, Vinyan Schleimer, one of the big poets in really at the time, uh, when Herschel came to Vilna, he came out and gave him a favorite prayer. He gave him a little favorite prayer, and he said, you, you have a dinner of a Nazi, like a melech, so I want you to have this safe Torah, and I want you to, have to carry this with you wherever you go, because right now you are like the, the king to model You're running so much is dependent on you. So um, you know, there were there were a number of, of, of religious people who who tolerated and accepted. I mean, of course, the Rebbeinu Rabinus, also one of the founders of the Zionist movement. He's, um, the Mizrahi, I'm sorry, one of the founders of the Mizrahi. So he, you know, he worked with Herzl intimately. Herzl spoke with him and talked with him. And, you know, he, Herzl came to be Shail Aitzer to him on the Agandhi Initiative. So, you know, I, I think that William Bloom was sometimes a harder potato to work with than Herzl. And, and Pinsker and William Bloom ended up being a, sometimes a tougher act because of William Bloom's trust of the yeshiva world and the rabbonin. And part of it, I think, can be found in, 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 so in, in, in the way he describes his youth and why he's so bitter about it. And uh, maybe some of it was 
of relevant and good criticism. Even the Adaric, you can see, says times have changed, and he realizes that maybe they've changed for the better. Um, I think part of what's left with, what, what, although I don't know if Pesach Crown mentioned this, part of why the Adaric still fascinates people that said last week was because uh, of the great halacha that Cook the trial had for him. You know, the great love and respect and the fact that Cook wrote a whole book about the Adaric. Did Pesach not mention that Cook was his father and was his son in law? You know, I'm trying to think. Is, is that, <laughs> I know that he wrote the Rabbi Tyson is a... He had mentioned Rabbi Cook? Wow. I don't remember. I would say it that. That be. is a bad tour guide, then. If he didn't mention... No, he probably did. Rabbi Cook was his son-in-law? Oh, yeah. He probably did. I sure don't remember did. the incident about Rabbi Tyson, because I know the Tyson. Uh, okay. okay. Let's take a look at... Let's, let, let's see his introduction. He started with Yimei HaTohu. The days of emptiness, right? Yimei HaTohu. All right, so hang on. We're going to put you into the into the minds of a Moscow, and, a, and and now he's going to go back in time to his own memories. After Shigirish Ovi is Ishtar After my dad divorced his first wife, the Ronokin Lapsuvotan didn't pay her any duma. The Shvil Shalona the Deitzer Shalnochri below Shomer because she had stayed. Um, in the house of a goy without any shmira, right, which is nichod, and you have to assume that it's also, no, so it's a shmira, married a second wife. Over Sofcham, they shone him, he should also be and five years after he lived with her, Mayud Lachem, Banama Rishon, Vayochid Lachem. Their first and only son, Kaisev Asnefer, as the writer of this book. Ba'orli Yoyimbei, Chokta Tishrei Tarad, Oprat Kotten. So it was 
great and wealthy. Rav Mordechai picked him. Shachashra, the Shachara roamed him, but one of my ocean of Rukhano Tamilaya owed him the Torah. Rav Mordechai picked him, supported these ten Tamilaya on him who were always learning under him. And Rav Tzviyersh, the Rav of Orla, Shachashra, 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 and now, at the wedding that occurred between Shachashra, the son of this Mordechai, when he married at Ishtoi, Bashar Tzviyanao, the emotional idea, the mother of her father, Mozuem Shneat Sodim Nidunya Matveya Tazov. The two parties came uh, at the Chasana or at the Tnoyim, and they had to they had to measure out the Nidunya the and these gold coins, the Yamukas. If they brought the Yamukas, carried into Yamukas, they carried this, uh, this money. Um, what, what year was this written? He wrote this in 1870. 1871. He wrote it in 1870. 1870. He was 33 years old. So he's mentioning about how his mother and grandmother always used to say about the big medunya that her Words, right, right. They carried the, it was gold wrapped in the Gold coins in the Also, she would also say, she told, she would say that her family came from the Yerushalayim in Brod. Brod, of course, we've mentioned here in this class a number of times. It's a really prestigious city. And she still has one relative. And you do a lot in Mishpacha Tazu. We are a Porsche that we're going to Oshir. We smoke a Yosef Bakia, Nechan of a Blade, Achon of one of the Gosh of the Kaif. Came into Yimah Shalabi Mitzapher, that's the way my grandmother used to tell me, who will call Ashkenaz and all the, all the, um, all the neighbors, Kimat Pachol Yom Biyom, every single day. That's all I heard her say. We're talking about who her grandparents were and great grandparents and the Yichus that she had. We speak of after she ate from Caleb Godoshu Emerson's out. Maybe there's a little, there's a quite a bit of truth in what she said. Avia Shoimi, my mother's father, on Yekayin Leal Elyon, Mufus Betayin of the Yerakset, when he hoi to me pinned over Shekhar Miyama, he never said any lie. Tu hoi omen, Shehoi Avi Avi, that he used to say, my grandfather had a Ksav Yichus on Ezra Soker, that we were Kohanim all the way back to Ezra. The Nisra, you know, <laughs> you know, great by the day But it was burnt as it was usual by these big fires. Meaning many people used to talk about their supposed existing Nisra's letters that had somehow been burnt and weren't available anymore. Right? Anyway, so he's sort of like taking a swipe out of this sort of crowing over your yichus, and therefore, since this is the beginning of his biography, he's not mentioning his yichus outright like the Adaris did, he's putting it into the mouth of his grandmother, and, uh, and being sarcastic about it. He said, Yeshia, however it was, Aviv, next page, Joel, Avavisha, Yegoro, Baniyos, he was big, he was big in poverty, and then Yegoro, the Torah, but he was not a big Tamakoch, he was not a big person in Torah. Who He worked. And again, we mentioned last week, part of the difference between Adaret and Leland Leland was the difference in stature between their fathers. 
Lulenblum might have been as smart as the Adaric, but he didn't have a father <laughs> like the Adaric at all. But the father of, of, of Lulenblum wasn't so bad, as you're going to see. How this father is here, a capo, Finnab, and then Lulimudo, right? He worked, and he enjoyed learning. He was a partial worker, and one of his main enjoyments was learning. Shubaki the Mishnah, Ubagada, Omakarvis, Bavera, Balumni, Oshon, and Mutara. He was a Kochlef, he tried to make classes for people who worked and, and, and teach them Tayyip. The Yeshua Shane told the Irmawadita, which was in Kaidan, I believe. Kaidan. Ainani Tsarah Loma, Shadi Akhoshan, it's Atmo Ben Tobin, Nurachim, Amoka Rabbana. I don't have to tell you that my father, who considered himself a good person, a son of good family, Rahim, a compassionate person, Moka Rabbana, appreciating rabbis, the Kobea Eaton Matoga, a person who maybe not didn't learn all day, but spent time learning, who read the Mishnah, Agoda Bikinufia, he made classes where they learned Agadatha together. Shadi said, this my father, Ishtarabakokai, of course he worked. And I'm not blaming him. He worked as much as he could. Shagam Ani, Shagam Ani, Benoa Rishon Vaafron. And you go over to the Yerachet. Akama, Omdalei Schus Avos, Avarabona Vashirim. How much did his, his, his discuss of his ancestors, the rabbis and wealthy ones, that his efforts in trying to make me into a Godel, how much, how much did they work? The reader will presently find, or will find as he reads on, if my dad was successful. But let me come back to my inyonim. My father took me on his, in his hand. He brought me to my grandfather. My grandfather, that's what his job was. He taught children. Right? He started Alephase on a big chart. That was stuck with glue onto a wood board. Of course, the angel that is supposedly uh, responsible for throwing money and sweets, money and nechoshes from Shemayim on the children that are learning, of course, didn't skimp on me either. I also learned with, with great effort at the age of five. A few months later, I was able to read in the Siddur, in the same year that they taught me how to say, I was able to daven, I started to learn Chomish. Of course, anyone reading this understands. Of course, graciously knew die. What did they start Chomish with? The state of Ayikra. Right? And that's not Swedish schools. They still start with Ayikra, right? Based on Chazal, let's say that uh, there's a Sagula to start with Vayikra. Uh, it says, Chazal, it says, Yomay Timekesho Beitzrabim, Shein Beimachet, Yoyitik Betahara, and Yom of Kotchim. Sort of a way to, this week's parasha, sort of a way to generate Chusim for them. Because, and it's interesting, I have some proof that. It can do with an alternate 
movement in Chazal to start from Bereshit. Yes, it seems to be that Ayikla um, seems to have been more predominant. I was considered. Uh, I think that part of it, to tell you the truth, is about what he's going to do. He's going to make fun of this. But part of what it's about is that Ayikra, Perakhanim, was the was the Iker of Perishabalpeh. The great learning of Perishabalpeh, uh, the depth learning, the most intense understanding of Sukkim is to be found in the drushes of Vayikra, Perishabalpeh. And in fact, the, the Gemara speaks about Binyo Ben Yoyodra, who was Dovid Amelech, uh general, and also Ethi. Ethi? The, hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi. 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 That one one opinion is that he would go to the mikvah on the cold of the morning. Remember that? And the other opinion is that he taught students during the winter Torah Kohanim because that was the most difficult of learning. So I think part of the reason why the kids would learn it is because it represents the creme de la creme of real learning. But it's interesting. I mean, the narrations of the first class, the narrations, you can look at some That's right, and that's really what he's that's really what he's trying to. Uh, uh, I'm trying to really insult him. You'll see what he does. And of course, here I was, five years old, and the first thing they were teaching me was about Do to the children of this age. 
anyway. It's a trash. It's an obviously stupid trash. What's the little olive? The, the little olive is indicate olive also means to teach. Aluf means to oh, teach. Okay. And the ira is a small olive. So the small olive is showing you that this vayikra is what you should start teaching the small children. Okay. So. And therefore, well, of course, my grandfather wouldn't be able to say that great word that he would start somewhere else. Anyway, Zachashi Yadati Latagat Koa Parsha, I was able to translate in Yiddish what those words mean. The Yadati Sha'oila, you know what is? Oila is a brood offer. A totally burnt offer. That's an oila, a brood offer. A shuamim is a offer. And after I did by Yukra, all of a sudden my grandfather was teaching the Khanan. <laughs> Maybe he says, Blisoka, Kaisa Oz, Aisha Shah, Shakarbo Parsha Sarkhan. It must have been the week that they were reading Parsha Sarkhan. What's his name? William Blum. My father wanted to be Mazakami. The Ramdani Gemara, the Shnat Tafreshwood. He wanted to merit me. He wanted me to have the merit. Yeah, you can't say you can't play Okay. Can I do that? Yeah. 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 My father wanted to give me the great schools, and he taught me Gemara Bishnas Tafresh Yud. Now, Tafresh Yud, if you're noticing, he was born in Tafresh Dawid at the beginning of, 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 of September 1853. So Tafresh Yud, he would have just been six in the six, almost six, between six and seven. He has shown Ashri, it's the seventh year of my life. I was the case. Who is? He's saying he's fresh, he's young. Where's his, Kari also Oh, oh, very good. Kari, although that's for the test. That's good. Okay. Sounds good. It sounds good. I was the case. My grandfather, Shoyim Boki, the Mikro, the Kochmata Dixuk, he knew Mikro well, he knew Dixuk. Roland Baby Gamora. He didn't want to teach me Gamora. I chose Nani Boki the prayer and the Vium Rishayim. Kimat Boltet. And I don't think he's lying here. They, they taught the kids, at least this grandfather did, maybe that's not the way he holds it, but this kid became a Boki and prayer and a Vium Rishayim. Not all the Vium, but a Vium Rishayim, Kimat Boltet. U Boki Bechola Pirish Rashi Shalatero. And Bishola Shehichilisi Lumo Yishaya. I had a great simcha when my grandfather started teaching me the Novi Yishaya, the word of Yishaya. How did that happen? This is how the reason I was so happy. The Yaldusi, when I was young, you know, I didn't want to eat. I don't know why. I was a kid. I was finicky. Whatever. I didn't want to eat. So, my parents didn't want me to, to, to become so in hunger that, that I, till the point that I would like, like, you know, be affected mentally. And then I'd be so worried and my, I'd lose my mind to the point that they'd have to uh, help me out uh, by me begging them, the Yavakishmen with the Moyo Chwish, and I could come with big tears in my eyes and beg them for food, she eat the Loyalko, they didn't want that to happen. You don't do that. So Ma also, what do they do? Are you nice when we kept that Kadesh Loyalko? They used to bribe me. They used to, if wanted to get me to eat, they would bribe me. Isn't that to bribe your kids? 
No. And what? So what did he do? What did he do? He ate. But I know he shamati is like kesef. The kibatsi I saw rubu kesef kima kima. And he to give him money. So he would keep the money, and he would, and, and, of course, and, and little by little, you know, he get he got ten rubles. So from all his protestations of not eating, he was able to get about ten rubles. Hashafti is asked me Oh yeah, what's with the way? I
I was, it wasn't for nothing, but I was so happy that now I was able to study the mitra from the Zoltipak food. Is this like the two of the time? Well, Zoltipak was a nice print. They had pictures of the film. Shem there were eight, there were the others, there was a picture of the others in the lawsuit, and the price was only ten rubles. Kohoni Barakush, I gave everything. Omnam, another parenthetic flight. Kedoni Meni, Ma'abdim is called Kishwana Sayyam. There's a lot bigger people than me that destroy, that lose all their Kishwana. The Sayyam, Azmanim, in their whole lives. Hayakoni Kohoni Barakush. They actually, they actually waste so much of their energy and their whole time in this world, which is more, it's worth more than ten rubles. What are they wasting on? Kishwana Sayyam. I'm reading Sayyam. Right? are buying and reading cards. So, he says, there are a lot bigger people than me that waste their life in books. I also, in a sense, wasted my life to dwell on cards. <laughs> it shouldn't be so shocking that I spent everything I had for one book. That's the way, of, again, again, a flight against a certain attitude that the Jews at that time scholarly or book attitude, I sort of, I, I can relate, having uh, done quite a bit on farm myself. Bishnatsarya, in this, how that you're kept here, if you, if you are uh, holding coffee, is about seven. Hey, Kalaf, email on Dating Gemara. My grandfather then is going to start teaching tomorrow. I know he's he made his daily coffee for baby. And I would then, you know, flaunt the fact about my friends.
sort of like swiping the the uh, on the on the superstition that they had, right? Even my mother died, it really didn't change my life. Why? He My dad and my grandfather, meaning this is his teacher, his mother's father, they didn't want to be crazy, but now are not connected anymore. And uh, my aunt, she was only a 16-year-old virgin girl, she didn't want to be just sort of like an adopted mother. She wanted to be a real mother. Real mother. All of a sudden, my, my, my father decided to marry this girl. He was 40. My aunt, that was only 16. That stupid woman, his pure chayal, chayal, mommy, she gave up her life for my sake. Well, from the away, oh, that's from something real, like 20 years from now, the Avi Zokeh Betashkoach, my dad will be 60 and weak, she'll be a woman in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the time of her life. So it's interesting if you compare this to... Um, he married someone, right? He married another woman who was who that was Rabita with uh, the one from last week who married a uh, who also had a situation like this where well, wasn't there a divorce involved with Rabita? So that was a good guy. The Adaris there was a there was a there was a shit up that broke. Okay. They broke they didn't like they didn't like the. No, that was with the base Halevi. Oh, okay. Right, right. We had to start with the base Halevi. But you're right, very, these, these events did happen. Um, the Adaris also, you're right, but the Adaris, there was a direct, I mentioned this last week, it's very similar if you can compare the, um, you know, the situation of, a, of a, the tragedy of someone dying uh, and, you know, the Adaris, you know, uh, he didn't have his, his aunt, you know what yeah. It wasn't his aunt, thanks. It wasn't his aunt, but still he, you know, he, the fact, the Adaris' father married an Almana from, from another city, and uh, he, he had a lot of problems with her. She always felt that she was, she was standing in his way from, um, here, I just want to, point out a little bit of an aside here. Um, I have with me, I didn't make a copy of it for you, but I have with me biography, another biography of a, of a writer at that time. A little bit, about 30 years, 30 to 40 years earlier at that time. Shadal, Shmuel David Rosato, in Italy, in Padua, Italy. And he mentions uh, he mentions his mother's death. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit about um, about that. He says that uh, he was born. Um, 
1805. And his mother also died when he was nine years old. So he writes here about um, actually he was actually uh, he wrote a poem at his mother's death. What's interesting when they write when they talk about um, about his mother's death, I just wanted to see what he writes here. He says When my father saw that my mother's, when his philos, this is in Italy, but it was written, my, my father saw that his philos weren't acceptable, he said that maybe the small child will direct his prayers. Maybe those will work stronger. Uh, he wanted to explain to me how it works capitalistically and what those tabonas mean. He says you have to get your mind not to think about anything physical at all. Just think about how you can draw your neshama up from this lower world to a higher world and to go to the highest level. Um, he says, he says, I, I didn't believe in it. <laughs> and therefore, he says, I couldn't doubt it the way my dad wanted me to doubt it. Um, it's interesting, you know, that in legal Moon's case, you know, we, we shut out talks about how, how moved he was by the death of his mom. Um, and, you know, that wouldn't make a difference to me. You see, I think a, a coldness that it's hard to, to swallow. Uh, it's possible that... Maybe he was a boy, that's why. A boy that's so cold, you think? No, I'm saying. You know, it sounds like his mother was disconnected from him and she was... Her place was taken by her sister. And once that happened, you know, things were the same. It's a very, it's almost an inhuman type of, uh, type of feeling, I think. Um, I want to just do a couple more things here. He's talking. But he had feelings for, you know, Palestine and Israel. Right. Yeah, he wasn't. But again, it sounds like there was something missing, essentially. I mean, look at the way he speaks about his parents. There's nothing. His father, too? Well, well, we'll take a look here. He says that, um, right, and that's coming up here on the next paragraph. He says, he says, me there up when you die. I want to get to the part where he becomes a person. So on page 84 on the bottom, me there up when you die. Me there up when you die, and me my There's really nothing for me to tell you specifically about how we study. The Shatira of the Prophet, the Sifra Yochar Abiezer, the book Abiezer, which was uh, printed in 1863, uh, which describes the life of Ginsburg and the type of training he had. Um, if you read there, that's a very good description of the type of uh, learning that I had. I got the same thing. When I was nine, I was able to start making a lady, to try to learn the Gemara on my own. 
the term Alamdeu with Mayamora before I studied it by the teachers. And this was the age around nine. Okay, I, I bet you your grandchildren are also similar. I probably started Gemara at about nine. Right? Study Gemara at uh, eight, even at eight. I bet you about nine. I bet you about eight or nine. Over Shnat Targad, which I was ten, I was able to figure out a Marshal by myself. The lazy will come in as Mary Rashi Shiva Bakusha from my teacher who was able to was able to come up with questions. Ahora ro, shomu the samchu. My parents saw they were so happy. Biyoday, biyoday, bigmea ir nidu alai. Big kenners, maidens in the city said about me. Oh, he a god will be a troll. He's special. He'll be a god. He had not their Well, at this point, yeah, the lack of their character hasn't developed yet. He said I was a kid, but they said I was going to be something. I didn't learn anything except tomorrow. My grandfather had taught me the rules of punctuation. He brought Hebrew, and he had studied it. Again, remember Yutanach, and his grandfather made sure to teach him rules of Diktuk that he knew because my grandfather himself had studied under this person Ben Yaakov Bala Nechtomen Irmaladati my city the city I was born in Kaizen Bala Nechtomen the author of the book the Nechtam uh, it's a book of Hebrew songs and things like that Irmaladati Apopishi Matkamikvar Matkamikrach the Gemara language. It's not exactly a, a little village, but it's also not a metropolitan area. Mikomakom, all you about gymnasium. They had like a gymnasium. A gymnasium was a high school, a school for university studies, secular uh, studies. We talked about this when we did the story of the Beitalevi, and the Beitalevi was so anti the gymnasium in this town. Uh, and other Rabbanim try to do what they can. What you're going to see here is an interesting way they tried to get the kids not to go to the gymnasium. They got the Asian Menari B'nai Yisrael on Dubo. We saw this in the city of Slutsk and other places, like we talked a number of months ago, that the gymnasium in the mid-19th century, kids came to study, even kids from good religious homes. Volkhoyaposa permitsatsev kenenta. As we saw in Slutsk, right? It was only the big lady who came in who, who raised a big hullabaloo. Uh, my father said, what, you got to go to the gymnasium? You're going to have to be a Talmud Chacham. Aye, that stuff, the sciences, you can learn that in the bathroom without any problem. You need to go to a special school for that. And you do hear this, by the way, right? About great gondolas who with their time and they couldn't learn and were able to become so great. And you know, I have to tell you, I, to this day, I don't understand how they can say that kids don't need an education and that, that the cheder the that they go to is enough. <laughs> so you're on Lulianbloom's side as far as huh? you're, you're on Lulianbloom's side here, Simba. I have to tell you, yeah. I, I think that these, I'm not saying they have to learn every single nitty gritty thing. When I see some of my grandsons, not so much the grandsons, because the big deficits and the kids learn it, but the boys who hate it, they get no education. Yeah. Well, maybe they want to their father's business, and if they're not, they'll go on Yeah, the father's business. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. 
But really, it's just really bothers me. Yeah. Although well, married to her, they can go to the father's business. So they have a choice. No, well, it's not. They're the world. It bothers me because, you, because cause it's the same thing 200 years later. That's right. And, and again, he says this was the right. attitude. Right. The, father, the father said, you need to know. Well, yeah, you weren't tired. You weren't tomorrow. This other stuff you'll pick up on the side. <laughs>
Mitzrayim and twelve Mitzrayim Yaakov, Mitzrayim, Kelkutim, Mitzrayim, 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 those were the farm he needed and he bought because he was, I guess, prepared his class. I got a, a nice bottle of bottles who takes pride in the class that he gives on Shabbos and Mitzrayim. When I have some time off, I come home from the school. And I had a little bit of time. I used to hold the Talmud to say for Ein Yaakov. I would also study Ein Yaakov, which has all the all the Agadahs in it. I used to I loved it. And by learning that, I knew I got it pretty well. I made my own Ein Yaakov too. And Ein Yaakov grew from children. She is part of the Ani, the Noam Kigili, other ones just like me. The Yoti Gibbon Shlosha Treshon when I was 13. Everything is kind of Korvush Meshulam. They almost lasted close to two weeks. Again, the plans of a child. Bikiyosi Vagoda, Aviyya Buleva Ava, Abuibi Ava Sapiyutin. Because I liked Agadatim so much, it also got me connected to the Piyutin that's in the Machner and the Tizer. I love them. Actually, I feel the beauty of Kippur, my rabbit. I sort of learned to find up all the beauty, and even the ones, all the many ones that he kippered. The hard that you see, the anegal of beauty, the shoshi you see, maven remzayim. I love learning the beauty, especially when I can understand what they were hinting to. And they shone them all God that you do with me, because they were basic. You know, many of the beauty, although they're in very difficult language, is based on the agadatos that I knew. Is he being about this? I think so. I think I'm sure that he is. And you have to say, even though he's going to hate the past that he had, he clearly gained from it because it allowed him to be able eventually to write as beautifully as he did, right? Because he was a Bishnath Kartaz, and this is counting here to be about uh, 13 or so. The Sonami Avi My dad paid for me to be taught how to write well. The Raisi Shah, and when I went, I used to go to get lessons with someone who would like to write fast, to do the writing, and also to write well. Handwriting and to write, put sentence structures together. You would get you to go to a person, a tutor, who would teach you how to write well. The Raisi Shah say for Shiram, and I saw by my tutor, I saw this book of songs, poems. Shall you say, Because I like Piyutim so much, I wanted to read this book of Jewish poetry. poetry. The paper Et Sofer with Samachlando. There was a book called Et Sofer Samachlando. He says here at the bottom that it came out in 1829. They wouldn't let me look at the first volume. Um, but I know, the many are not it. Me and the other kids that went to learn there, they wouldn't let us look at volume one. Shahoya King and Katzpah, because it belonged to them. Avalachron, volume, the third volume, Shekona Hamor Ba'atma, Wichtov Mimenu, Mishtavei, Elitzov Meyatan that he wrote in order to use from that as examples to show the students how to write well. Are you not from Levachalais? I was able to take that book and borrow it constantly. The Harvey Harvey, his Anatsi Alashir Matsuvin Misofo, the songs that were written, the poems that were written in the back of that book, I really enjoyed a lot. Sisi Rafa's Kimoso, and I tried to imitate that. Vachiloti Listo Piyutim of the Alabas, and I started writing Piyutim using the alphabetic acrostic. The Rosh. Um, 
Okay, well, I just want to show you a little bit about about the love of learning that was developing here. I mean, I'm going to explain a little bit what this yeah. means. But this shows you, similar to the Adaris, Adaris also wrote how much he loved to write and how much he loved to be Mahadish. Part of growing up in this environment, an environment that was so closed off and only as far as is that it did generate a tremendous desire to write. Um, and I, and I, and Even though he was... Well, eventually he was, but as, as a young person, this is, again, we're talking about a community that was, you know, that didn't have 45 different uh, Mishigasim to run to. It was a very closed community, a, a closed world. And when you have a smart child, anything that he's getting a hold of is grabbing his interest to the point, as he says, but he also wants to start writing to him. He wanted to write books. Um, and as we mentioned, that was the same thing that the Adera said, that he was moved to write Kiddushim. He wanted to be Mahadash. He wanted to write books. And he was younger. No, he was talking about himself. At that age, he was still religious. Yes, of course. And he wanted to write. Right, turned on religious? Right, eventually became religious. Right. Um, the, um, and he also, he was, in the next paragraph here, I'll just go quickly here, he writes here about the stories of the Adera. Oh, yeah, an Um, he also writes here how when he read some of the stories um, about the Shina crying and appearing to people in the form of a very famous uh, a very famous imagery that he mentions here on the bottom of this page about the Shina appearing at the Koso in the, in the form of a woman in pain and when he read that story he cried he cried and, and and, and he didn't want to tell anybody why he was crying so much because it, it upset him so much to hear about um, about the pain of, of God. And Adara, similarly, at the very same age, would he mentioned the story how he cried over the um, over rehearing the Megillah. That when he heard the Megillah, Mount Mordechai was so, in such pain, and he was coming home from the Megillah reading, his father asked him why he cried. And he didn't want to tell him, but just he, why was he crying during the Megillah reading? So, again, you're talking about a person with a, a poetic nature, of a great creative... Type. When do you begin to change? What age do you begin to Well, um, it's coming. Huh? I, again, at this point, the similarities are there. I think the Adaris was, was had, had a more, you know, had a more mature attitude about the things and then William moved in and again he had a father who could guide him. Um, he mentions um, the um, if you go to page eighty eight, he says that um, he says, This is the finish that I had. Why? And this is where you see his bitterness come out. He says that, and I want to read here, I just want to read this paragraph. I think, I think, I mean, I'm not saying I have a too yeah. fast, but maybe, you know, skip around to the point you want to make, because I think we need to cover this a little bit more. Well, first of all, well, I, I, okay, Tim, I appreciate what you're saying, and, I, and I, I can only tell you that I believe that 
not only does he write wonderfully, but I think it gives you a sense of, of what that life was. To me, that's something that's interesting. Um, I think that the fact that uh, where he was trying to um, create his his knowledge from and where it was, he was able to lift it from, I think that is itself uh, interesting, the way he was able to take pieces of Agathos and stories. Um, he was not given uh, a formal education. And yet, you know, eventually, of course, he had to, he had to catch up. But because of his Kishanos and because of he was a, what he was able to, you know, what he was able to, to, to take out of it, I think he, you know, he, he, I think that itself is significant. Um, then he turned against his mom. Well, right. That's true. And he, he got married? He did get married, but it's not we're going to see that right now. Um, he mentions here that that I wasn't able to play. Um, they wouldn't let me play games. Uh, they wouldn't let me hear poetry. Uh, this is whole society. He says, um, he says, we'll read this paragraph, I think it's, stands as a manifesto against the, the way things were in Europe and how against it he is and how much he wanted to, to, to make sure that such a world didn't continue to exist. This was the beginning of the chinuch that I had. To see but why did I have such a chinuch? Why did I have such a chinuch of a smart, sensitive boy who was filled with, you know, uh, new stories, New Samagata, who was basically learning tomorrow all day, uh, who had a father who was going to take him to um, to teach her, and he did have Baruch Hashem a basis in Tanakh and other things. He says the reason it was is because there was a foolishness, there was a dark foolishness that Hamakipa Odaatas Benayir Maladati. There was a there was a dark foolishness that was intense that covered the city that I was born in. And it, it included my parents. Um, he says, when I was only four and three months, before I was even ready, they, they, they inflicted upon me the yoke of study, the yoke of the teaching. No, it's their whole attitude because when I was four and three months before even my my, my, my strengths were developed, I must rely all Torah, all Malamdim. I had to take on the yoke of Torah and teachers. I was basically locked up in a room most of the time studying. Well, no. That's the what is the the Foolishness. The is like a fool. That they, they couldn't. That the whole attitude about what you do with a child. Well, nothingly with you may how you the money even. They didn't let me enjoy my my youthful days. By the way, Adarek's father also wouldn't let him play. Adarek's father caught him playing. He knew he was going to get beaten. That was. He was very easy. That's what his father expected from him. Well, Chizku was Tokosai, the Hajra Mitzvah Yulodim. I wasn't able to play children games. Monomenai Mamalitza Shadarashi was to me. I wasn't able to to, to write and, and, and read. Monomenai Koyindi Yulodim. They wouldn't let me know things that weren't exactly related to the study of Talmud. 
and, and, decide, and, 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 and they didn't want me to learn that, so um, they gave me other things which were silliness and which poisoned me. He says, by the time I was 12 years old, um, I was so I was so upset about the soul of the Shkina. Here I was, 12 years old, crying over the Shkina, the blackness of the Shkina. He says, these are the type of things a, a 12-year-old boy should have to worry about. And my parents, he says, were happy with this. They were happy because this was a sign of my greatness, supposedly, that I was such a sensitive. You know, his father was a kid too at one time. Well, you know, uh, he didn't get didn't have these feelings that the son had? You know, why did the son all of a sudden have it? Because he was, this was, first of all, everybody is different. I would say this was, things were changing, and the width in the air, and the width at that time, was that life could be different. This was the end before the Hatskola? This was the end was happening. This was, this was during Hatskola. The enlightenment, the Jewish disciplines. And you're right, at the time, but looking back on it 10 minutes, 15 years later, he says, I can't believe, I was 12 years old, I was sitting there crying over the Shema, and I had these images, and I was so depressed and upset about it, and my parents encouraged that. They still do that today. Well, you know, the truth is, I want to say that, you know, there's, we don't know, and it's just sometimes a difficult thing. We, come, we have to let our children experience things. Um, is it, I mean, if you take a look at as, 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 you know, as the normative children's literature today, a lot of it is very sad and down, too. You take a look at, at the, go, go to the library, and you go to the uh, corner for the kids, uh, the young adult fiction. Much of it is very tinged with, with tragedy. Uh, I think there, there is a, there's a certain strength that tragedy has that, that an appeals to people. I'm not sure exactly if he's right. If in the outside world, you know, they're letting kids enjoy their life as kids as much. True, there's more recess and they're able to run around more. But I think the idea of, I think a kid is, is my, my daughter Bachi tonight is eight years old, was crying, and she said she was crying because she was thinking about, you know, her grandfather would die and the pun, how God punishes people and things like that, and she was crying over the fact that um, she was... was her grandfather. But yeah. she was wondering about, does God, is God, did God punish me But she was worried about what happens to somebody in the Tanakh. And you're ready to feel that emotion for somebody that's not part of your, your family. Then you, then you wonder, you know. But what she did was very normal. Right, but you see that people are, are upset about things. Kids do need to confront tragedy. And, and they always do, right? They always are fascinated by by mortality and, and issues of life to death. Um, but they need a balance. That, that's true. They, we, we yeah. get, you know, I see them occasionally, visiting, and people, and the kids go out, and they're running, playing baseball, and doing whatever, they have recess. It's a normal thing. I mean, this is what they're doing. They have a normal recess, growing balls, and kicking and everything. You know, this, this is not normal, what he's done. Yeah, that's true. Although, again, you know, it's... And some people, like, they're there, can't do it okay, but he didn't. It's a crucible. It's a crucible that, that changes you. And, uh, again, it is... I'm not, I, I don't know if this is... It clearly, it's, it's reflective of, 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 of that area. Um, was it across the board? Was there places? Every city must have been a little bit different. And he, he could be exaggerating. Um, I, thought, I think it's interesting, uh, this next little piece here is about his marriage. 
And I think that that, uh, how the marriage was dictated to him. Yet Harris also wrote that he had no role in picking his wife. Uh, he mentions here that he, was, he woke up one morning. Again, it's El Tayaz. So he was born Tarad, so he's almost 14 years old. He's almost 14, right before his 14th birthday. His father jumps into his room and says, Get up, puppy. Don't sleep. He says, Go to Dabin. Your Mokutena says here. He says, I didn't know what my dad meant. I thought he was just joking. <laughs> he says, Kapti, Lavash the big day. I washed my face. I took my sitter, my fillin. I went to show. He says, I tried to Dabin calmly. I came home. Um, and he says, um, I got home. Uh, my grandmother said to me, she said, Sipoli on page 89 on the fifth line, Shabo Isha Shira Achat Meir, someone or other, some rich woman came from another town, she came with her daughter, a girl of 11. Okay. <laughs> and she's got her with her, and she wants you for a husband for her daughter. I asked my father, Olaf Adobar Azeb, the Yisafra Gam Hili came, Huli came. Baalitzus, he's terrible late for math. And he was so very happy to tell me the same story. And I was, four, oh, not yet 14, uh, a girl 11, going to be my collar. I, I said, no, I didn't want it. I begged him. I said, don't make me a coffin. I didn't really know why. He says, the same way my father probably didn't know why I should become a coffin. Um, Maybe it's because I just didn't want to change. I was happy with the way I was. I didn't want to go into some new situation. But whatever it was, I didn't want to be, become a husband. But, because I went to Yeshiva and I learned, even when I got home, um, he says that um, my, you know, my, um, I was in the middle of learning, and somebody from my family came and said, better go home. And when I got home, my parents gave me new begotten, and they brought me, and I said, where are we, where are we going? We're going to write to Noyim, he said. My heart was, was banging inside of me. And after a few moments, uh, I came to this relative of the, of the rich woman, supposed rich woman, <laughs> and there we were, going to write to Noyim. Um, I sat there in a chair in front of everybody. This is, this is a description, Simba. This is priceless. I, I'm just going to, I understand this might not be what you expected, but this is a priceless description of a boy in that time becoming a closer in the 14, not ever seeing the girl, and he's brought here. He says, there I was. I see this little girl across. Shaisa Be'enai, to my eyes, she looked like a Bashola Shona Be'enai, she looked like a three-year-old. And the Kairi said to everyone that the Mokutemes is going to get 300 rubles. And we saw last week that Darius' first shidduch was 1,000 rubles. And the second one was 800. 300 was not such big money. But, you know, there were a lot richer. 300 was not such a big amount. Um, and, Lahashlisham Kairi Makupa. She would put them in a certain account before the hope of that money would be there. So why was it so little? Like yeah, that? because this was not such a choshimashidah. Even 300 was not that much. Um, also, he would be two years 
for two years, she would be supplied with Zionists, who seems to have been a standard uh, thing with, uh, with the Shadokim, that they would have, even before the actual marriage, uh, they would get paid for to help support the boy, and six years after the Kasama. Oh. And the chuppah will be three years from now. Oh, my goodness. Basically the same, almost the same time the Adaris had. If you look on the page on the Adaris, you'll see there was a very similar tenoyim uh, except for the amount. If you want to look there, Tim, on, on the page on the Adaris, you'll see. That would be... Um, He's not getting married. He's getting married in three years. Right. That's ridiculous. Kind of Oh, God. If you take a look on page 22, on page 22, and the Adarus' biography, and the paragraph on the right, that begins the Hanukkah, he says that in Hanukkah Tariach, where he was also about the same age, he was also about 13 or 14, almost not the exact same age. Uh, my father, of course, they didn't ask me, which was not, which, which wasn't done in those days. Yeah, 
about that. They always want to find out about people. That's the way she doesn't work. Well, I don't want to invite you. What do I say? 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 What you're going to go later and find the million. What will happen if she turns out that she has an illness, that she has a disease? She's only 11 now. Who knows what could happen? It could turn out that she's a luma and that, she, that she's lame. So what should I do? So this is what the yeshiva boys were asking him. And he didn't know what to do. He says on page 9, he says, my, my friends in yeshiva were asking me, what are you going to do? Are you going to become a person now? And, and, and say 100% you're going to... This is this is you? Uh, was asked. I just wanted to show you the similarity here of, 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 of the life. On page 90, William Bum says that the Bachman asked him, what should we do? What are you going to do if it turns out this girl that you're going to marry is not is, is, has, has a problem? So... Well, his friends didn't go through the same thing? I guess they were on their way. Maybe he was one of the first kids. I mean, kids. if this was the way things were being done, why would they have to ask him, what are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe I would assume he was, he was one of the, I would assume maybe he was one of the younger ones. Yeah, he was probably He was one of the younger ones. Anyway, he says, my, he says, my friends asked me, and they said, what are you going to do on page 90, the paragraph from Melissa Kandvaran? He says, um, Matata, the third line of that paragraph, page 90, Matata makawa shalokha kata chigeret? What happens if she becomes lame? If he then has, uh, um, you know, some sort of uh, hunchback or Julius Ayan, or she becomes blind, he owes to the vet. Ko hashay lazu yoksa lazu shalol aftam on the side of Steve Dibbert. And it's only don't find it's noyim. She says, shayla kazu ruyi hiben is of nei yeshiva. That's a yeshivish question. Don't they understand? Can happen to me too. Both get sick or something can happen to us. And if something happens like that, obviously you can get out of the deal by saying you never meant to be engaged to someone who had an illness or a deformity. Anyway, but he says, I still, at the time, I thought it was a great question, and therefore I went to my father to ask. He says, at the end of that paragraph, he says, Darko Shalav, Lakshovik, Aziz, Shuchokam Gogo. The way a child thinks is that his father is the greatest. Now again, here is as opposed to the Adaris, who actually did think his father was the greatest, and always did, and realized what a brilliant man he was, William Bloom is remembering how silly he was that he thought his father was that smart. When he's using the word now, he's using it from the sense of... Not a fool. He means of a child. Oh, and a young person always mm-hmm. thinks his father is a big chokham. The dice of the kol And a father knows everything. They miss them the dino so. He ain't actually open after. How could it be any different? The ten kashafi gamani also thought my dad was such a wise person. So, um, this is my father's answer. He says, Shmatani Vasapulacha. Anani Onani Ozi Alshewat Bene Shivish Sati Lafanov. This was the answer he gave when I asked him this question. He said, I want to tell you the story of the Goyim of Vilna. So again, he says, Shmoa Shema Goyim of Vilna. Afisi Oznai Kaprachatas. I wanted to hear, oh, the Vilna Gone, I got to hear this. The Vilna Gone. Like a lightning bolt. 
My father thought, he's telling me that it would be okay if my wife that I had would become lame or blind and that I would be like her maid, feeding her and taking care of her and to always be with her bedside, to live such a horrible, difficult life like to get over Hava. There's no other way that you can get over Hava than this, only through having some sort of wife who's, who's, who's ill. He says, I'm telling you now, he says, that there's not one little piece of lie. I'm not embellishing the story one, one bit. I remember it exactly the way it was. You think he said, and I wouldn't even have the chutzpah to to be mafarsim this story because I know my father, who's still alive, in Kaidan will read this thing that I'm saying here, and a lot, much like the Gemara says in Brachos, "Ena chay yochel achas shachai." And the Gemara Brachos says about Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua, he won't be able to deny the fact that he said this to me. And he says it's not only my father who's that way, who's that way. But there are a thousand other people just like him that are, that are similar to him in his own mind. And he says, and those are the people who are raising children. Those are the people that are having children, raising them. And, and, and oi to those people and oi to those children. So this story, I think you can see this as a, he, he's a great writer and he, 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 he bothers him so much when he's writing this that he needs to now, you think about it. Well, let's think about that story for a second. It's true from the Dona Zone. And let's assume that his dad really did tell him that. What's your feeling there? Do you think that that's a fair answer? Is that, what would you say? If, you know, um, do you think his father was trying to tell him that, that it's okay if you suffer, if you suffer like this? Look for the great old Mahabha you have at that you know, end. I think this is in the attitude of, of our parents in that generation, in that era, I should say. And, I mean, do I think what, that it was a true story? No. The question is, do you think is, is, there, is there more, do you think he's right, first of all, getting so upset that that's what his dad told him? He is right to be upset. Now, is he only upset now when he's writing this? Or was, was he upset? No, at the time he didn't understand that. Well, at the time he accepted it. Years later, as he saw how this marriage that he had, how bad it was. He had a bad marriage. Oh, yeah. Well, this was a bad marriage. And, but, it, but it's not so much the marriage here. It's the attitude that, hey. You know, you're a part of the environment. And let's face it, this environment is the way these kids have been raised. And, and I hate this sound. I don't know. I, I could never say this in any house. But, you know, I, I think that there's... It's gotten something more than 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 than. than but than is this the attitude that creates the giants that we're looking for? Can you create a giant the other way? It depends on the person. Some became giants. Some went the other way, like Williams. You know, every kid is different. Every person. But could you have become an Adarus or a giant like him without this? Without this. Without this insulation. Without also. Man, I actually believe what his father was telling him. Well, of course, he's a listen. You can't fight. What do you, you can't be an Ibrahim. Father was telling him, was, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? That's right. Who knows what's going to happen? You said, I'm so worried. What about this girl? What, who knows? In a couple of years, she's going to become ill. The story from the Zona Zona. That's, that's, that's kids. That's young people. I mean, that's, that's, I, that has nothing to do with, with religion. And, and, and a regular 
you know, Mary, you can think of a regular... That's right. Is hearing the story from the Vilna Gaon a wrong thing to say? Is, is, do you believe... To me, it's... it's well, not that you believe in fairy tales, but to me, it's like the stories that they so. use to, 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 to... Don't you believe... A, in, in what about... Forget about kids for a second. If you, you, you know as well as I do that there are situations where I can tell you here in Chicago a number of relationships like this where one spouse becomes very ill and the other dedicates their life for that person. Now, that's not to say that I wish that on my child. I don't think his father was saying this is the way you'll get out of Mahalo. His father was trying to tell him that even if that does happen that you can become great in that way. The fact that we've got, I don't know if we're going to get to that tonight. I actually wanted to bring up this other point. Um, Wait, are you talking about what the kids were talking about when they were talking I'm about not, kids? Or are you talking about the I'm, kids? I, 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 here's what I think. I think that he's being very hard on his dad. He has I think his dad was hard on him too. I think his father was very hard on him. When you, when you, when you, when you see how he looks back, and all the things that he couldn't do that kids need to but do. But no other do. kids were doing it. You know, this was this was this is the attitude. Yeah, except some kids that were going to the gymnasium. The kids were going to the gymnasium. They were maybe having a little bit different. But most of the film kids, this is the way they were raised. You know, I, I think he has. You're right. He has other kindness on his father, and not just on his father, but on that whole world that he is rebelling against. But the actual purity of the statement. When the claim says that a person who, as a husband or as a wife, lives in a way that they care and, and become a caretaker, isn't that a tremendous, beautiful thing? Isn't that a... a, a, a the going sounds correct. I'm going to say Rechatzila. No. Because it's... But, but to the end, if you have to do it, then yes, you have to do it. But to say this is going to bring you all on Haba... Oh, I don't, I don't think anybody could... Nobody have, should have to suffer. But nobody should even have to say that... No, but even, be, like I said, to, to say it is... No, but I, you, shouldn't even, you shouldn't even give the idea. You should tell the kid, how to show it's not going to happen. Well, you don't worry you know, about it. What should you say? Because, you know, things happen. And so what should you say? Nothing. I mean, in other words, if you say how to show them, so when it does happen, the kid will say, oi, what a horrible thing that happens to me. How can I deal with it? So how do you do it, you don't say anything. Yeah. So a kid comes to you and says, you know, oh, I'm so scared. You know, and health and in wealth and in sickness and in whatever. So say it in that way, but you don't have to spell it out. If it's a kid comes to you and says, listen, Dad, you want me to get married? I'm going to be married in a couple of years. What will happen if my wife gets sick and gets ill? What should I do? Actually, his question, his question was, maybe we should break the shidduch because who knows what's going to be in a couple of years. She's so young. Who knows? She has to develop it as a person. Did, did anyone else ever ask this kind of a question? I'm sure many people asked it. I mean, it's I'm been sure many people asked. 13 to say, get, go get married. Of course, it, you know, it's going to be when you're about 16 or 17. I actually think the story is, is not a bad story to hear. The canoeum that they did was almost like a marriage. In order to break it, you have to definitely get a get, a divorce, a get, or something. Well, pay up. You have to pay a lot of money. Pay up. You have to pay up a lot of money. Pay up. Pay up. That's the name of the game. Pay up. Pay up. The girls pay up. Whoever breaks. Whoever breaks. Whoever breaks. Whoever breaks. Family has to. The family has to. Family has to. Well, they what they need to do is have. They need to have had in those days prenuptial agreements. 
which is sort of what it was like. I, I think right, that... But it was the opposite. I mean, the prenuptial was to prevent people taking advantage. Which, what they were doing was not preventing anything. On the contrary, they were... Somebody was going to lose out if they broke it. And it wasn't so Sometimes you don't want to lose out either. You don't want to break the parents. Yeah, I think, you know, the, there's an interesting part of Rakshan from Apollo Hirsch. Rakshan from Apollo Hirsch, talks about the laws of Sotha. You know, the, the, one of the genes of the Gemara Sotha says is that if one of the, that if the husband can't walk, because it says he brings his wife. Because the husband brings the wife, the errant wife, the wife who is accused of running around. But if the, the husband brings the wife, he walks with her. The Gemara says if he can't walk, if he can't walk, then there is no discovery. Discovery doesn't apply. Why? The discovery is if a woman is suspected of having an affair with another man and she's warned about it, and she goes ahead into a room where suspicion arises about her, then she can be. then is taken to the Beit HaMikdash, as you know, and she's administered an oath, and she drinks from the Mayabarim, and those waters will prove whether she's been adulterous or not. So the Gemara makes a number of, uh, of piyukim from the Pesukim to show where the law applies and where it doesn't. One place where it doesn't apply is where the man is lame, the man can't walk, the man is unable to walk. So Why? Because he can't physically walk with her? Right, because the Torah says he's got to be able... Well, I'm sure that the Torah didn't mean physically walk. I mean, what if he drove her? I mean, if he drove him. You know, if somebody drove him, why? I'm not sure. The Torah says... Isn't that the same thing? If he was guilty of the water, if he was pulling around with another woman, and it didn't work either. And they fell to only work. It only works. On women? No. It works only on women, but only works if the husband himself has also been uh, faithful. But this idea that the husband has to walk with I'm going to find you the talk for one second. I mean, it sounds like the really a Well, you know where it says, so. He's talking about No, there's no thanks for First of all, I'm only the grandmother now. But let me tell you something. They even look into the grandmother's family. So where's the boy from? The one that you're going to go to I wore a face with the to the boy. Oh, we can black book? Here it says, the Havi... So going to what? He's learning now. The Havi Ha'isha, the Ishta, will Akayim. You've got to be able to bring her there. You've got to be able to walk with her. If he's unable to do that, so Hirsch says, why did Chazal make such a drush? So he says, I'm not talking about because of people lame. He says, not so much he needs to physically be able to present her there. He said, if he was a, a person who couldn't walk... Maybe that was the reason why he was... Sosa means a lesson for marriages that, had some, that, that should have been right and something went wrong with them. When a marriage, when a woman is taking care of a husband who's like this, then it's unnatural. Even though there's love, 
but it's not this type of marriage that can be governed by the fact, oh, this was a, a, a transgression, and therefore we need, you know, this, this results in the death penalty. It's almost like they didn't have, they had a caretaking relationship. What they, what she did was not so much a betrayal of a true octave of man and woman, it was a betrayal of a, maybe stemming from the frustration that she had of having, again, it's not a caretaker. caretaker. When you have a caretaker relationship, he says, it's not the true relationship that needs to be tested by so the really That's what Hurst said. It's interesting. Well, it's obviously a very modern right. interpretation. It sure is, and that's if you, if you, if you compare that to what the Vilna Gaon said. The Vilna Gaon is it's not a it's not a it's not a contradiction. The Vilna Gaon didn't say that this is a great life you have. He just said that the fact that you're willing to be such a, a servant and, and to recognize the great gift that her father did for you, and that's the reason why you're you're so faithful for her. That is a tremendous source, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a normal marriage. No, no, but we're talking about the idea that um, it, it was a selfish thing. Um, now, you just said what Hirsch said. Now, what is the Vilna Gaon interpret the... the Adrash? I don't know. But this, Hirsch's attitude is, in a sense, you can compare this with, with, with what Leland will be saying here. That does, again, you can remain firm. You don't have to look at this as a bit of a kapchila. And I don't think his father meant it as a kapchila either. His father was saying that even if this is worst-case scenario, human beings can still have greatness through that. And if anything, you know, it might even be one that, you know, not that kapchashom, I'm wishing it upon you, because who knows who can take it. Again, I, it's interesting if you contrast Hirsch's point. You know, you know, but, who, but why do they have to emphasize you can have greatness. I mean, it could be a thing that could be a normal thing to do, not because it's going to bring you greatness, but because... It's human kindness. It's human kindness. You know, forget greatness. Why? Why? Because we know how hard it is. Because it's, what it demands from a marriage is almost amazing, right? You have to... Right? You, 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 but, but, if, but if you can do it, you'll do it. If you can't, you can't. But that's what's going to bring you... Right. We talk about we, you know, we have how we take other people taking people take care of sick children and sick parents and and uh, you don't think there's anything to be gained yeah, by you don't think should be gained. How many people? How people will say things like, I remember now when my mother was sick and everything, and, and my sister and I were very devoted to her. But and people would say, you guys are so good to her, you're so wonderful to her, you're really good to her. And I said, why do you even say? I mean. There's no question that we wouldn't do the things we did for my mother. Where, you know, we took care of her, we took her out, and even when she was really quite sick, we took her to a restaurant so she could have a little fun, enjoy herself. And then we never thought of it as anything that deserved any kind of praise at all. It was just a normal thing to do. Now, it's a little different than a marriage, you know, a marriage. Yeah, but, but still, I, you, I, what you're saying really is it's almost, uh, uh, um, uh, people want to make it something great. People feel that it's, but you, don't, but, but you don't want to, I mean, you don't, you yourself don't necessarily want to say that something great, but people look at it. And, and maybe that, that, that's the point, that from the outside, people will look at something like that as a great thing. But for you yourself, that's what you're devoted to but I'm saying, I, I, I never saw anything more than the natural thing that had to be done to my mother. And, and, and I almost resented when people said, you guys are so wonderful to your mother. As if I would be anything less 
Well, what they're implying is they don't think they don't know if they could do that. Um, and by maybe putting you on a certain level, they are in a, in a sense excusing themselves. Well, that's their problem, then, but, but, I, but, I, but I resented it. Well, you know, well, again, I think this is something, it's, it's yeah. issues of, of, of tragedy and, 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 and difficulty, I think, are, are normal to be on the table, and I think it does show something, the way we deal with it. I'm not sure if this attitude of, of, of leaving the father is such a bad one. You're right. I, 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 again, I, I it's a big, It puts a big burden on the other kids. That is a big burden, then. Put a big burden on the kids. And it's a kid who's a kid. He's 14 years old. Yeah, what's he have to wake up? It's 10. What's the girl? Okay, let's end on a positive note tonight. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> let's see if we can pick something positive here, especially. If you pick something positive for Purim, perhaps next week we won't be meeting because it's Purim night. So, obviously not. Um, Um, we went to two sessions, I and mean, this was two classes. We did the right, only one. What do you usually do with it? You do this for two hours. We usually take a break. Ah, but you continue with the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what so basically what we did was we had a discussion about historical figures using a historical text. I'm happy with what we did. I, I think what the point that I wanted to bring out was that I'd like to cover a lot more ground, and you know, even though it's interesting, but I'd like to use it only as a you know, looking at it, but then going a little further. I have yeah. to cover a little more. Yeah. Well, it depends how. I love history. I'd like right. to learn more. Right. But right. it, you, you can't. It's history necessarily going from point A to point B, or it's history being able to study an idea. Okay. So do we really want to? Right. In other words, I don't. I don't. Right. To me, you know, the fact that I would do a timeline and say, "Hey, this will take us over the next 30 years." And then, oh, now we're into the 1870s. Now this is the 1920s. It would be very superficial because my 1920s, Lieberman's 1920s, is not the Adairism's 1920s, right? It really depends. On the other hand, if you actually read what you did tonight, when you actually saw the words of a bitter person recounting his memories of the past, but, and again, that, that really gives you, I think, a greater historical sense uh, than someone who has read books on history um, then, then, you know, I'm just you know, telling you that when the Industrial Revolution was over, when Jews, when the pogroms in Russia started happening, when Jews started coming to America, and I could, I, I could do that. I don't know if that's much, a, I, I don't know if that would give you this sort of humanity. This, it wouldn't give you that sort of, because what you would hear is, right? Do you agree? No, I, I'm just not saying you 100 percent, but um, but I, I'm your third. No, I just wanna cover a lot of material. Sometimes I want to go into depth in, in yeah. the time. It's nice to get a sample of it, but I don't think we, we had a read, let's say, uh, an hour's worth of stuff to get the idea of what he said, even though it was interesting. I, I, I think, I think you need to know who he is. I happen to think since you're studying an author, you need to get a sense of what he's about and, and the way he works. And, 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 and um, that's my sense of things. Uh, I think that you don't know who someone is just being dropped into a culture and others get to get a sense of, you know, of himself, let him talk. And uh, we're lucky that we have a person who's willing to actually speak. Instead of writing an essay, he's willing to give you his innermost thoughts and his memories. Is memory. it an essay or a book? It's a book. It's a book. It's called, um, the, the, uh, and uh, again, I think you see a little bit of, uh, again, if you can, especially comparing it to, to the similar, uh, 
how their thinner, how much Lashem Shemaim their thinner was. Other nations hated the Jews because they were a threat to their property, because they'd actually had some interaction with them or they were scared of them. This was really a hatred that was passed down to them, which was real, and it was alive, and it meant everything to them. And it energized them. Part of what we have to learn from that is that even if like, that we can, even though we haven't, we didn't necessarily see those situations that are all those, and that we want part of it physically, but that it's real to us as the sin of Esau and Amalek was to them. That Esau felt so energized, Lephaz and Amalek was able, it was able to be passed down and make it so real, that sense of Nisola is something that we have to have and strengthen the Kedusha. Part of what makes Amalek so much our other side is because he's Lashem Shemayim. He's completely Lashemayim, which is, there's nothing else except destruction of us. There's no one, you can't be bought off, you can't pay him off, you can't do anything, you can't send, he doesn't, he, he will not, just like, like Haman, nothing is worse than unless he can destroy Klaal Yisrael. That sort of single-mindedness, that sort of Lashma, is sort of what is, is exactly what we have to have in the Kedusha. And that's part of the reason why we need to remember this, because we need to remember it in this positive way. Part of what I think we gain from here is that even though this is a world we weren't there, but it's a world that I think we still have to live with. It's a world that, at least for me, uh, has to be real. And even though, just like Amalek never knew about Yaakov, but he was real to him. He could picture Yaakov in front of his face and how he was going to kill him. Even though he never met Yaakov, or never saw his cousins, the Jews. But they did a great job, Asim did, in making it real to them, hitting them emotionally, making it mean something. I think we also have to make this world real to us. We have to make the world of the Messiah, or the world of, of, a, of an Aderas, or of a Kuk Sassal, or the world of a Kivegar. I think we have to make that world real, and it has to mean something. And that's the reason why the continuum of learning Torah and all, everything will be important for us. Part of the job of a teacher is to be like the Alifas was, how Alifas was so successful. And Amalek himself was successful. You see, here he was leading these thousands of people, and they said, yes, we're all going, we all are. Well, we can all sound positive, so it was a good thing what they did. I mean, I understand why what you're trying to see. Right. That's the, that's the metaphor I'm trying to say. And that, I think, might be a, a verse that connects history. That's the importance of living and feeling history and making it real. And I think you have to use whatever means you can. And that, that, then history will actually be your, you'll actually live it and continue it. Have a great week. Next week is uh, Purim. We'll try to have something different for you in a couple weeks. And uh, I'll, I'll do my homework. Take, take, take it, take it, take it home with you. Show it to Mike. I don't want to take this home. Show it to Mike. He might like it. I, I don't want to take it home because I know it's going to get lost. And if we're using it, I don't want to. Yeah, but he, no, bring it on my other copy. My Mike should have another copy. Bring the thing from the paper phone. I want to hear what he says about the idea. I'm going to look in my. I'll bring my computer. Is it a CD? I can put it on the on yes, the DVD drive of the computer. It's a, it's a CD ROM. I have.